What's good, Internet, and welcome to session 51 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your next-gen backwards-compatible host, Alex Arona. With me, as always, you know him, you love him, that's right, big deal DeWitt, Joel. Joel, what's it like to finally make it? I would like to thank all those people who believed in me, the people who helped support me, specifically Kelly and the boys. And? Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. Um, the person on this podcast who every week always reminds me to stay humble. See? There you go. Thanks, Joel. Thank you so much, Daddy. I, I really appreciate all the support and help you've given me all this months. You, you know, it, it really feels great to be appreciated like this. We're a team, so we can only succeed if we all nope, work together. you're both canceled. <laughs> canceled a lot of you. Going alone this week. But first, I'm getting more involved in the news before climbing into the mech suit in the backlog blog. But as always, won't you kindly join me in Early Adopters so I can tell you what it's like to work at a TV station. Early Adopters. Alphas, betas, and games that we try to get better at turn-based tactics games. I I realize I was very angry at Final Fantasy Tactics. Let's move on. Okay, you guys are uncanceled now. Yeah! <laughs> so, this week, I played a little bit of a game called Dreadlands. Did you guys take get any chance to look at any of this? I looked at a tiny bit of a video. I didn't get a chance to try it, though. I did not, but I did get to try the other game. Okay. Well, Dreadlands is a angled camera down, more like, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's hard to talk about this game and not point to XCOM, but it is very closely reminiscent of XCOM in that it is a turn-based cover shooter with the specific, you know, Overwatch, where you have to, if anybody moves in your path, you can shoot, you could pick different abilities, and of course you have different types of guns that can shoot different types of uh, blasts, and you have different action points, but it looks very, not cel-shaded, but Joel, what, what did you liken it to? You said, like, watercolor? Yeah, I, I try to describe it as watercolor paints, like the, the kind of color palette where they're kind of muted, but then also the different colors kind of bleed into each other rather than having sharp color changes. Yeah. Uh, so, Alex, you likened it to XCOM, but with a name like Dreadlands, is the aesthetic much different from the, the cityscapes? That you'd see in XCOM? Yes. It okay. seems very tribal, wasteland, post-apocalyptic, which sadly then leads to it being likened to Borderlands, which the artwork does give a Borderlands vibe, but the humor isn't there, which may be a positive, honestly, because that humor can grate after a while, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, we played maybe five hours of Borderlands 1 and 2, or 1, and I was I was about good by <laughs> then with the humor. Yeah. Oh, two and that was supposed to be the good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got we got to play two. Two will be more in your face. Sweet, a lot more ball jokes. That that sounds right up my alley. Whoa, dick so and ball jokes, not just ball jokes. There we go. So Dreadlands had a very short beta. I did, I didn't get a chance to play too much in, but it did feel very reminiscent in that the story mode had you go and infiltrate this infiltrate this tribe, and then move forward into trying to save somebody in in the tribe you know then when someone that was being held hostage you can free him from a cage and then you have them in your party you had it was your your main character and then a bear just like a cool bear wait so it's more like a mutant yep that's that's the uh the other comparison would be mutant year zero oh, okay tekken yep tekken it's a, it's a 
It's a Zelda-like. <laughs> Fire Emblem-esque. <laughs> Wait, kind of like I didn't Pong. hear Zelda yet. Did we say Zelda? Is, is, is that our new running joke? It, kind of like be Pong. blank, blank light. Is that <laughs> yeah. what we're? I feel that that's the best way to describe things, though. No, I was yeah. I was trying not to, but you know, if you're gonna do it, right? That's what I, I always would... try and do, and then you're like, no, man, it's XCOM. The word Overwatch mm-hmm. needs to be retired from strategy games. Why? Because the game Overwatch is the definitive <laughs> definition of the word anymore in the context of video games. Every time that the word Overwatch is used while talking about a strategy game like XCOM or any of these other also rands, uh, not to be too derivative sounding of the other ones, but I did so mixed up. <laughs> so, yeah. Actually, uh, they, you they know, need I, a- I don't know that I feel that way because if you technically think about it, the idea of Overwatch is that you're preparing to counterattack. And isn't that exactly what the game Overwatch is? Well, maybe if you played Overwatch with us for more than a couple hours, you'd have a different opinion. Slam. But no, it, that's what the different tactics of the game are, unless it's changed, no? No, it is. No, if my mic wasn't attached to an arm, I would have dropped it just now. Dropped it? <laughs> well, you know, you still can. Or did you put the foam up yet? No. <laughs> I did not get that far tonight. All right. Okay. Well, you can okay. still so, drop your mic. <laughs> so with Dreadlands, you could pick three different characters, one that was more in-your-face melee, one that was long distance, and one that was short distance with uh, gunplay. The long distance gunplay was, was a sniper rifle. So are most of the weapons you encountered sort of your typical normal weapon variety, not like futuristic or fantasy, just very steeped in real life? Very steampunkish, actually. Yeah? Yeah. The sniper rifle looks like things are duct taped to it, and the, the, any melee weapons, again, look like blades just, you know, scrapped together from loose metal. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for more of a strategy game, Dreadlands, I think, is one to keep your eye on, especially considering that they're, I mean, I feel like that's, that landscape hasn't been milked yet. So I, just, I think that, like, again, with the amount, like, there's a Gears Tactics game, there was one that came out recently and then there was mutant year zero but then after that's just been xcoms so what did you play it on was it on steam i guess it was it was on steam and again i think there's gonna be more betas happening as they progress through the development but currently i only got to play uh, a short hour okay yeah milk milk that landscape Mm-hmm. that yeah, landscape's exactly. mooing <laughs> once he did once he did that uh three-legged chair up there and, and start grabbing those udders Let's Pull get hard. some more of these strategy games. Mario and Rabbids wasn't enough. That was a solid game. Mm-hmm. It was. Next, I want to get into a game that we all played parts of, Not For Broadcast. Not For Broadcast is a game that is currently in early access on Steam, and it was brought to my attention because it, it has a whole lot of FMV. And FMV is a game, that's a lot of things that I like. Uh, it is $14.99 on Steam. I'm, I was just about to ask that. I, I think I might get this. Currently, it only has the three levels. Now, here... Okay, so here is the basic premise. You are a TV producer who gets four different cameras to switch between. Then you also get to choose commercials, and you have to avoid static, as well as censor, because you have a two-second delay before the footage happens, and then before it goes live. So you can censor anybody, any swears that happen, go to commercial, and switch camera angles. 
and any and you have an audience meter that'll tell people, hey, I'm doing really well if you keep switching cameras around and hit good angles and go to the right points. And that's kind of that's the main crux of the game. This is what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Anytime you're not doing the TV production, which obviously is the main thing of the game, it's a text adventure. It's a te- text adventure. How do you see that? <laughs> it is le- legitimately a paragraph or two of like, oh, you came home from a rough day. It's, you're about to lay down and all of a sudden you hear a knock at the door. It's your brother-in-law. He says the country is cracking down too hard on taxes and they need to get out fast. Oh, you so you mean in? after you play a level? Sometimes before. Oh, shoot. Okay. That's what I mean, is that it, 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 it hits these these text points, and then it gives you moral choices. And from my understanding, things will then change how you play. That's a weird twist, because I only played the little one-level yeah, chapter yeah, that they allowed you to do without paying for it. And they did not glean any part of that portion. It was just smack dab, the premise set up right away as the guy who usually does that job <laughs> is stuck in traffic you need the cover form he talks you through the shift and then he goes oh well yeah you're on your own now good luck i'm i quit yeah <laughs> and, and just throws you into it so that's that's interesting I, I wonder how they could spin that out to affect the gameplay or to create a larger story because i i mean that's that's something i'm struck with this is that i don't even know if it really needs a through line story. Mm-hmm. I think that it could live on its own, just having a series of these absurd talk shows and other types of television programs that you're forced to learn how to manage the cuts of. Yeah. And they could each have their own unique quirks. So like the talk show, the big thing was you're when there are two people talking to each other, you're having to pan between the different shots. One would be like of one person uh, another camera would be of the other person. There'd be one where it was both of them sitting at the desk that they were talking to each other. And part of their steam was that you had to make sure and focus on the person talking, but also like mix up enough variety of showing both of them in one shot for a few seconds or capturing the person listening if they did a good reaction to something. And uh, it's just really, I'm not, I mean, it's if they didn't weave an interesting story, that's fine. But I'm not sure if I really felt like I needed it. No, there's already a lot going on in the game. Like Joel was saying, you have to pan back and forth. And if you stay too long, then the audience meter starts to go down. And that's really your gauge for how successful you are. Honestly, and you have to like under- cut in the commercials too and the avoid the static thing, like level the bar up and down. It's I, I felt like there was so much that you had to do. <laughs> Funny enough... The they kind of add a couple more things to that, and also you guys may have seen stuff within the story that you may not have even picked up on. So the commercials will have ads for a product, but the product will be something kind of sinister on the back end, and all of it. and And this is where like you're like I don't even know where they'd go with the story, which is kind of yeah, that was your question. The qu- that turns out this, hey guys, this is I think another one about Brexit. Because, really? <laughs> because there is currently a government slowly doing nefarious things and controlling the people, and then there is a... Well, well, well hold on. Yep. I, I mean, I feel like that's already the media, so... 
that that's kind of also a yeah. tale's oldest time. <laughs> yes, except for just these early chapters end with a dark city revolution. Uh, you know, almost like a, an anonymous coming back and saying we're going to take down the government, and then that's kind of how the first kind of few episodes end, where it's like, okay, that's where the story's going to go. And mm-hmm. if you watch some of the ads, if you watch some of the some of them talking off camera, you start to see like, oh yeah, I can't believe they institutionalized this thing. That's weird. That was a cr- that's a crazy thing the government wants to do. Oh well, and just kind of move on. I mean, right. the, the prologue does have a lot of commentary between the main host of the news and some mm-hmm. of the people. They're like, oh man, those election results are insane. I can't believe that this happened. So I guess. There's some hinting at it, but you played the rest of it, Alex, so you got to tell us. Well, again, I didn't even play the rest of it. I played what they have currently. It's still being developed, and it very specifically says at the end, it has a video of the developer saying, hey, we're going to keep going. This is is great, and thank you very much for playing this. And that's all. It's it's very it's very fun. How long but did it take, you to, it take you to make it through that? I want to say about two hours. Okay. About two hours. Did you okay. at any point, like, fail and it booted you back to the beginning no but i definitely stopped mid broadcast and said i could do that better and just reset <laughs> i'm sorry okay. scratch screw it but it's just it's that's where i think the text adventure comes from is that you're supposed to be trying to gauge your own morality and then it's going to come into play later and then they do introduce another portion where you have to choose which stock footage to show the to show the audience, and then the newscasters will report based on the stock footage you use. So it'll say like, "We have news on this politician," and then there's a picture of him with a lady, or there's a picture of him puking. And if you pick one, <laughs> it'll say he was out drinking real crazy, or the next, or if you pick the lady, it goes he was caught with another woman, and it's like, oh, you can kind of influence what news they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You said that they were giving you choices, dialogue choices in between mm-hmm. these different segments and that. Yeah. Uh, d- did it give you any inkling that your choices actually matter or is it not really alluded to one way or another? I didn't see it yet. Okay. That's kind of why I feel like there might be something down the road. Yeah, I, I just, uh, until we know for sure, the, the one thing I get wary of anymore is a lot of games force you to make choices that don't really matter. And it's it's meant to give you the illusion that you answering questions or answering dialogue options has somehow affected the story or at least given you some sense of agency. Yeah. And I, I would wonder if that's going to be true or not in this case. Well, isn't that the biggest gripe with the Outer Worlds? Is it seems like the dialogue choices don't really have that much of an impact on the overall story? Isn't that true of most uh, Bethesda games? Slam. Well... Yeah, Bethesda. No, I, I feel like there's still other games out there that make you feel good about it. I'm talking about Bioware here. It's just yeah. hard to make you have a choice that impacts the story so much that it gates off part of it, because then you're missing whole chunks of story, and developers will have made all of this these, this content that is presumably untouched by people. Right. So it's it's hard to walk that fine line with trying to gate off content. I mean, like, look at Mass Effect, right? What did that get you? They only gated off, what, three endings? At the very end, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you really can you really can only give so much content that's bonus that it's only a certain percentage of people will end up getting. You get the bad ending, or, the you know, the, the bad, the going down the negative path can only be a certain amount of content or else they're just making stuff just to make stuff. Wait, 
Jolie, were you taking a shot at Bethesda on the Outer Worlds? I thought that that was independent of them. That was. It, yeah. it was. It was. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. <laughs> who was it? It's people who did. Uh, it's Obsidian, right? Obsidian. Yeah. 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 That's, no, they're that's a good studio. D- similar DNA. No, I I have no problem with Outer Worlds. <laughs> some would some would say it's their game of the year. Some would be wronged, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, so, like, I guess one question I have here mm-hmm. is, we need to name this kind of genre of game. Like, roguelikes have a def- a term for it, and there's a distinct gameplay style DNA inherent in this game that, well, like, an anime fighter, there's a distinct style. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I apologize. <laughs> so, so uh, I, I want I wanted your suggestions for what this genre of game should be called. Oh man, that's hmm. so. You're saying the text adventure or the FMV? I'm talking about the gameplay, like the type of game it is, the actions you're taking in the game. Like, what what would you call that? Oh, okay, I I got this. I had I had this thought, and what I would what I would put it towards is work like. He's not wrong. I, I was going to call a plate spinner, but I think work light might be the winner here. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the first try. Yeah. Well, after playing, after playing Not Tonight, you know, and then going back to thinking about Papers, Please, and then playing this one, I was like, man, I'm doing a lot of work. Like, a lot of, like, job work. And I talk, I sent uh, images and footage of this game to my friend who's an actual producer. Mm-hmm. And she says her job is much less intense. <laughs> damn that's for sure but the uh the couple notes that i did want to bring up here is that those guys uh the way beth put it was this has a very what is it pu- uh, public access vibe to it and these people had really a lot of fun making these scenes because you're switching between cameras in these different segments one of them was i think it was called S- sports board or ball board. It was something like that where there was a new sport that was sweeping the nation and it was a guy versus a girl and their job was to not throw a ping pong ball into a garbage can. That's oddly specific, but also yeah, and, sounds amazing. And, at one point, one of the guys got it in. They're like, oh man, that was a bad move. Why did he do that? It's like, <laughs> what? And then have it, to, there was an, I think you actually have to ask, like, Alex, I don't know if you did the research, but are these people who did the acting in these videos, the same people who worked on the game. I guess I don't have to compare because I definitely remember the faces of the actors and I that very quick clip they had of the developers. I didn't really recognize a face, so I'm gonna say okay. no. But no, the, really the cool. sports the sports ball thing was phenomenal because there was a halftime show where the guy and the girl just did interpretive dance, and then there was a imaginary ball round where they had to imaginary imaginarily throw a ball not in the basket this and sounds worth was, it just to yeah. see that yeah then the, yeah. Hold on, the last one was there was uh an animal maneuver where the girl just started cawing like a like a crow and that that got her some points i guess <laughs> <laughs> animal maneuver that one, the the bonus, the bonus way, the challenge they gave you was that the revolutionists were were streaking on the field, which was very apparently just a basement. 
and <laughs> you had to keep cutting the camera away from the nudity. All right. I, I, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, offline, Alex, but I, and you confirmed this, but I love that they've got a replay option for the actual broadcast you create because I was saying that I think the humor is sort of key of what the entertainment's going to really be at the end of the day on this thing. And the acting and the scenarios they created, even the prologue, were absurd in certain parts. It was just like overacting, hammy, hilarious stuff. But then add on top of that, you you know, re- really choppy cutting back and forth between <laughs> the different uh, people having the conversation. And I don't know about you guys, but I really floundered near the end of my run on the prologue. So like it got really bad. And I would find it really funny to go back and watch just like how bad you did actually paying attention because in the throes of the game you can't really watch the actual program if you want no uh, because it can't. does let you replay you, you can replay everything you want including the uh the, the commercials the footage of all four cameras and your your uh broadcast sorry about that but the problem i have with the replaying of the broadcast and commercial replaying everything is that there's no like fast forward there's no scrub button, so it is play from the beginning and then just kind of wait. Right. Yeah, that'd be nice. I, I Even just like a, a fast forward and rewind would be ideal, just so you could zoom past it. It's like a really funny segment of what you did. Well, I'm going to take that one with the sports ball, and maybe I'll record that and put it on YouTube. Yes, we'll please. See. Or at least just send it to you guys so you guys can watch. I don't want to. Yeah, that would be good. I don't want to taint any of the footage for the developers, so we'll see. <laughs> Now, can you imagine me working in TV? <laughs> I've been compared to George Clooney and Genuine. Think about that while we take a break. Who's just, Genuine? I, R&B <laughs> artist, hit sensation. I just want to say, Getty, you wrote this, and some people may think that seems completely random, but you have never understood me more. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, let's take a break. back back with the news hey news let me be your sonic and do you some rings that was that was really good it's <laughs> amazing really that's that was better than any pickup line jim carrey can do <laughs> topical <laughs> we are topical sometimes sometimes <laughs> first piece of news ubisoft president joel eve Eves? E- e- thank you, Teddy. I was not prepared. <laughs> Eve. Eve Guillaumet confirmed in an earnings call about potential backwards compatibility of next-gen consoles. Actual quote, those consoles will be running almost all the back catalog of the previous consoles. If this is true, then I am so stoked. Does that make you a day one? It could make me a day one, because then you wouldn't lose any uh, gameplay. Honestly. I... I keep on telling myself I'm not getting in on the first year, but a part of me would really like to have one box that could play all PlayStation stuff and then have two different TVs where I could hop to a PlayStation 4 where, when I wanted. This is this is total first world problem stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but like, I'm thinking about, like, uh, well, if I want to play, uh, you know, a Persona or something like that on my PlayStation and somebody else wants to use it for a 
Blu-ray player? You know, how do I finagle that? And um, yeah, cool news of true. Like I, I'm I'm excited for this generation if that's true because even if I wait a year or two, it'll still be there. And I am excited to consolidate and put away two or three different consoles sitting around right now. Do you know what I found recently? I found recently my copy of Lunar for PlayStation One. I have that. Yeah, and I, did, I, I was I was going through a bunch of discs and that popped up and I was like, "What? We have Lunar still? Hell yeah!" You know what else oh. I have? Was it Ark the Lad Collection? Oh, I have that. Yeah, I got that. That is solid. Yeah, is Lunar good? Yes. Well, <laughs> it's good. Like Xenogears is good. Okay. Which means that it's a hundred. It's a long, long hundred-hour JRPG. I don't know if Lunar is actually a hundred hours, but I know Xenogears is. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's that long, but it's still a good play. And it's known for its heavy difficulty. Okay, because I I had a GBA Lunar game, I think, a long time ago, oh, and shit. what I remember, what I remember was that I got through the game just fine. But, like, the story didn't do much for me. And it seemed like there were no real stakes through most of it. So I don't know if the whole series is like that or if I just got, like, the bum one that didn't feel like there was any consequence to what you were doing. But uh, it, it sort of burned a, a memory in my mind of that whole series. I, I, don't, know, yeah. I know they made a Lunar 2. I actually liked that one a lot. I don't know what like the <laughs> what the society says about which one is better, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I just, I just definitely know that those are very difficult games. Gotcha. So, yeah. But I, I hear also really good things. And same thing with like Xenogears. Xenogears is known for its, its very extreme difficulty. But remember, that game came out like in the day, so it was a long game. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, I mean, PlayStation One era RPGs were a mess with that kind of stuff. I, Hell I mean, yeah. I mean, we played I, Dragon Quest recently, so like that was. <laughs> I was like, "Dear God, I can't believe this is going on for so long." Actually, the opposite for me. I was like, "Man, this is a this is a very jaunty task." I'm just like, "Oh, it's my. breezy." Yeah. Did it's you so, finish it's, it? It's much Alex, shorter. You finish that? I'm close to the end. How how I'm close? close? Oh, I gotta go grab two items and then fight the last boss. All right. But it's 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 again a very it's the shortest one in the series from my understanding. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. Anyway, I th- I would like to do uh, backwards compat if anything because currently there isn't a way to play play uh, Persona Three and Persona Four that's not a Vita or PlayStation Three. Xenosaga One Two Three. Metal Gear Solid Four. <laughs> yeah. And our friends over at Backstage Gaming, Vagrant Story. Oh yes. He was talking about that today, and it made me want to play that game again, so... <laughs> I, I love that game. I actually bought it for the PSP before I stopped using it. Woo! <laughs> so, question. If if it is true that this console ends up being backwards compatible, do you think digital purchases become available on the PlayStation 5? I mean, digital purchases should already be, like, a no-brainer. You mean, like... I of mean, all the games like from the your whole catalog. So, like my, so like my, uh, my PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four have the same PSN ID. Yep. I've got a pile of games on my PlayStation Three that I would 
I would love to retire that PlayStation 3 to just simply be a spare room DVD slash Blu-ray player. That's a real good question. So I guess what's the question? Are you saying that we'll like transfer over with your account? Yeah, I, I would. I would like, in theory, to be able to download my digital PlayStation Three games on my PlayStation Five. Yeah, no, absolutely, that's done. That that I, if if they don't do that, we revolt and we set them all on fire. <laughs> I, I I really just want another box to be able to put Stock Pilgrim versus the World on. I, yes, all, all these RPGs that I keep swearing I'm going to play too and. <laughs> have been downloaded and are just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, Joel? Uh, I'm. I know we're like uh, what nine months away from our next run through Extra Life, but if we're doing it to your place, let's uh, tag team some Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I think there that's like a, a two hour segment right there. I think we can make it through the whole game. Look, no matter where we're at, I would be happy to bring my PlayStation Three. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Done deal. We'll mark that down. Next piece of news, Nintendo lounges are coming to major international airports, including O'Hare. Woo! So I actually didn't see a picture of this. What, what did it look like? It's a pop-up. It's a, it's a <laughs> pop-up, which means that it's got some fake walls and some bright colors, and it then has uh, a couple switches set up. Now, do you think this was inspired by the kid who hacked one of the TVs at the airport so he could yeah. play? Yeah, that's what I thought. That funny. That, that was funny. So what happened? A kid, one of the monitors, he found out where it was plugged in and disconnected the monitor. And the monitor is supposed to be for where you see the board for all of the upcoming flights. Right. And, and instead he hooked up his PlayStation and started playing Apex Legends. <laughs> That's legit. Come on. No. And then then they, they told him to stop doing that. And he said, let me just finish this round. <laughs> Not a joke. <laughs> But if that's the case, like, that's great. If you have, like, charging stations for your Switch or you can mm-hmm. plug into a TV. Man, I know yeah, it, that if I travel, I'm at O'Hare. Same here. So. It, it looks to be, like, three or four big TVs on walls and with, like, red benches. So these Switches will be pre-set up and then you just play a couple games of something, like Mario Kart and then leave. It just, it makes me think of how GameStops and uh, Electronics Boutiques and blockbusters used to always have kiosks with a console in it and a couple controllers how, how soon are we going to be until it's like uh the the controller d-pad is rubbed off and the joy-con joystick is like half torn apart and weird public utility stains <laughs> all over the kiosk i don't I, know uh, what you're talking about i still think in back in my my hometown i still think there's a gamecube set up in a mcdonald's play place so my answer is 16 minutes. Well, yeah, with O'Hare, I imagine yeah. it's going to be in no time flat. Kid immediately like gets pissed off. Breaks they're going to need a velvet. They're going to need a velvet line to, <laughs> and somebody managing a queue <laughs> to take turns of it or something. Oh yeah, for sure. Inline entertainment. Oh, sweet Q- ninjas, ninjas <laughs> setting up shop. You mean Q-tainment? Oh, that's what I keep forgetting that that's the stupid name <laughs> that they gave it. Yeah, it's called an activation. Q-tainment. <laughs> Okay, last piece of news. Nintendo PlayStation currently on auction at 200k. That's currently where it's at. And let's preface this by saying it's February 13th. And by the time you hear this, it will be, uh, I don't know. You tell me, Alex. I'm saying at least a mil. February 16th. Is that when it officially sells? No, this is when the episode drops. Oh, yeah, but by that time... (laughs) 
How much do you think it'll be worth? Oh, I've got no idea. A I, mil I, at minimum. Really? You mm. think it'll go that far? Oh yeah. Hmm. Oh this yeah. History, I, I have. I, I've got no concept of the value of collectibles, and this thing is. <laughs> this thing is. Uh, Just says something about your amiibo collection. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like. <laughs> oh, I have. I'm under no illusion that the pile of toys in my basement are worth anything other than sentimental value. Don't worry about that. Ten years from uh, now, Joel is going to step on like his cloud and be like, "This stupid thing." Turns out it's worth two hundred dollars. I'm gonna say the opposite. He's gonna step on his cloud and die. <laughs> what? He'll fall, he'll fall down the stairs. No. <laughs> That's probably the more likely outcome between the two possibilities. <laughs> I, uh, hmm. Yeah, you know, so post-apocalypse, I'll, I'll be burning them for kindling, which won't work very well since they're plastic, but... Uh, Inhale the fumes, the fumes and die, so... It's, it's all I'll have left, so... Wow, okay. none, none of these scenarios end with you living. <laughs> so, the Nintendo PlayStation is an important piece of history... Because that is what inspired the Sony PlayStation when they were set to and made a deal with Nintendo to make the Nintendo PlayStation. They were set. Nintendo walked on the stage to announce it and instead announced the Nintendo 64, breaking the deal with Sony. And they got so mad, they moved forward with their product, making it the Sony PlayStation. Joel, that's I, the story, right? Yeah, it's more or less it. Like, basically, the PlayStation was spawned off of this business arrangement gone wrong and the president of sony being angry and saying like out of spite we're moving forward with this thing (laughs) it's it's kind of crazy how important that whole arrangement is to the modern landscape because if sony had just stuck with nintendo for that one product it could have been a case of them having one collaboration and then moving on from each other and never seeing Sony again as a player in this field. Because really before this, Sony didn't have any uh, involvement in video games as far as I know. So uh, because of this one backpedal of a business deal, it sort of changed the outcome of who the big players are in this space, really, uh, moving forward. And you could also say like this is what led to Sega really uh, having no chance of maintaining in the market too because oh, it was it was sony's success that really besides say just sort of bundling their own future by how they handled their console releases sony's success in tandem with that's kind of what tanked the, their chances of staying in as a console maker looking back sega was actually really far ahead of what nintendo was doing but when I was growing up, I distinctively remember being like, I do not want the Sega Saturn. I want a PlayStation. And I got a Sega Saturn. And I, for all of the games that I played on it, they were pretty much forgettable. You never forgave your family member ever since. No, I, I gave <laughs> I gave my dad credit, but it just, the Saturn, like, was, I, it was very forgettable. They, I like the Saturn. Yeah, but, Sega ha- had such a torrid history with their stuff like they had the game gear which was a surefire hit and then i mean even if we want to go down in that rabbit hole between the game gear and the nomad (laughs) this thing that lets you play say to genesis games on a handheld and eating eight batteries every two hours you know but uh you think but it was if you think the game gear was in color and the game boy was just 
really bland black and white. Right, and I was envious of my friends who all had Dame Deers and Nomads. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. But, well, yeah. Uh, but still, like it's you know, N- Nintendo seems to have the more sensible view of at the core of things what people want out of their games. Yeah. And they tailor their hardware around the game ideas that they're coming up with, whereas Sega seemed to be more on the track of sort of the Sony and Microsoft aspect of chasing technology and then building games around the hardware they built made. And between that and Sega being sort of like one of the first ones who tried iterative hardware updates, remember the 32X? Yep. That monstrosity you plugged on top of the Sega Genesis to allow you to play Doom and like eight other games that they came out with the thing. It was like basically like their virtual boy in terms of how good of a business decision that was. The Sega CD, which was literally just another attachment to the Genesis. And, and then, like you said, the Saturn. And then they finally did the Dreamcast. And by the time that they're going full steam ahead on Dreamcast, between just them being in bad straits, PlayStation 2 coming out and eating their lunch and then rampant piracy just tainting them. That, like the, that was the biggest know. problem, not having yeah, the, the piracy. Kind of, yep. But you, uh, you can't just blame Sega for all of the add-ons. I distinctly remember having to buy the extra piece of equipment for my N64 in order to play some of the later games. The expansion pack stuff? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. the thing that you have to jam into the, the console. The RAM? Right, You're like, yeah. Somebody knew that this was going to be essential someday. Like, hmm. They built that slot on purpose. Exactly. (laughs) The only problem I will say with Sega's 32X, because uh, I believe Alec had one, is that there was was a very short number of games. And that's kind of a big deal, because you're starting to make that that peripheral pretty much useless. Yeah. We we had one, and two of of my brother's friends had them, and they all got it just to play Doom. So it it basically became like the way people got to play a Doom copy that felt like the PC version for people who didn't have PCs that could play Doom. It ended up being 36 games in North America, 40 total. We just wanted to play Knuckles Chaotix. (laughs) I really like Sonic, guys. It's okay. It just makes me sad. Yeah. What you going to do about that movie? I am very excited for that movie. Uh, we we very well may see that this weekend. We'll do an IRL check-in after this. Mm-hmm. Next episode. Deal. Okay. Joel, this is where you say the end. <laughs> what? Me? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to say Sonic spilling coins noise? No. <laughs> That's the answer to sound effect. <laughs> no, not the spite trap. Let's cut our losses and head to the break. video games that require you to shoot four rockets at a pink door <laughs> and games that are in our back catalog speaking of which i played and beat super metroid you're not gonna let that go are you? finally you finally <laughs> yep. beat it <laughs> jetty have you beaten that <laughs> so long ago okay yeah. 
But we're the the fact that he's been talking about how mad he was for weeks. <laughs> okay, yeah, we got to get into this. Okay, Super Metroid has always been a hole in my back catalog and Joel's back catalog. Yep. And it being on the SNES style, was it the SNES Online for Switch? I decided yep. to play it. I did not use save states. Why? I did not. That that is a why? <laughs> because I wanted to do it real. I wanted to be a man. I wanted to man up on this. I wanted to do Super Metroid the right way. I saved in save points. I didn't use save states. It was annoying. Oh god. What what is it? who's that jackass that wrote something about Sekiro about how, they, how you robbed yourself of your experience or something like that? You're something oh. like that dude right now. Oh no, that's yeah. my friend that's my friend Dave Rock who also would make fun of me mercilessly if I was like complaining about this game. He's like, Man, you need to just be good. You suck. If you can't be Super Metroid. I, I my rule is that if they allow safe states and rewind features in the emulation package that they offer the game in, it's fair game. Some of these games are way too abstract, difficult, punishingly hard. I value my time way too much to make myself suffer unless it's for some joke. And hey, but that said, hey, like, hey, Joel, hey, Joel, the Super, Super Metroid is not that game though, so it, it amazes me that you had this much angst about it. Joel, I'm going to say that you should do exactly what you just said when playing Super Metroid, because it was frustrating and long, and though a lot of those mechanics are very outdated, Super Metroid has got problems, guys. But I'm happy I did it. The game has, it has some problems very... today. Yes, today. I, I'm sorry. The save because points of what were... you've been congi- conditioned the, to use. The save mm-hmm. points were plentiful. What? <laughs> I, I, I said that I used save, uh, save states, but like I only used it once or twice when I had to pause real quick and knew I wasn't going to come back to later and want to make sure I didn't like have to start over. How it's long did you play this game, Joel? About four hours or so. No, it's a it's it's like fifteen. It's a fifty-hour game, Joel. I said fifteen. I think he said fifty. I said fifteen. It's it's kind of a long game, and that map is pretty big, so they are, they aren't as plentiful as you think. Only yeah, just because that map is pretty big. Hmm. But I will say there it does some interesting things for the SNES. Some things being lighting effects. There is a room. There are several rooms that have uh, what are the lightning bugs, and the yep. more you kill, the darker it gets. Yeah, that I thought was pretty revolutionary. So is this a a Castlevania-like game. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to describe it, <laughs> it is a Metroid-like. <laughs> Which, funny enough, I was uh, the first. I spent way too long in the beginning uh, just to open the first door because I didn't know you needed five or four. No, it's five rockets, isn't it? Hey, four I don't, I don't yeah, know. It's five. It's uh, five. five. You I need just five know rockets about to open it. a pink door. And I only shot four, thinking, well, that's not working, and I'm just wasting rockets. And that kind of screwed me in the first, like, half an hour, because I spent a half an hour wandering around the very little amount of map I could, because there was a bunch of pink doors. Hmm. But once I, from what my, what my brothers told me was, yeah, you kind of got to play regular Metroid to, to know that some of these things are just, like, basic tropes. So I kind of, that's where... I say that Super Metroid's got problems, but I can kind of look past a lot of it just because you start to realize that a lot of it is like previous game stuff or mechanics or like 
Well, Ridley or, is a p- or some of the stuff would be written in an uh, instruction manual, you know, or this is also the day and age where they kept things purposely obtuse, so you had to buy a strategy guide that would explain all this stuff to you. Like, there, there was a whole racket behind the way they developed some games in the past where they, they're trying to upsell you on different stuff. Like, uh, I, th- I think a notorious one is how there were secrets about the game Mylon Secret Castle that you would have no clue of knowing unless you bought the Nintendo Power subscription with mm-hmm. a guide with it, right? So it's it, it's it's definitely a product of its time. But that said, like for the most part, at least in the time that I played, I didn't feel like I was dated off too much unfairly. And part of that is like retroactive understanding of how this kind of game works by the Symphony of the Nights and the Bloodstains that I've played since then, which all sort of use the same structure and DNA and similar types of systems. You know, dating you off in certain sections until you find the right power-up that allows you to move forward in another section of the game. Yeah, and that's not uh, that's one of the many things like I did not have a problem with. the game. The game's design, the gating off, the getting the new abilities were exciting, fun, and led me to want to explore more and check every nook and cranny. What I found was that some of the more frustrating things were that hidden, you know, when you bomb a wall and you to unlock a hidden doorway, those things are necessity to the story. Mm -hmm. Meaning that whole parts of the map that lead to the next boss are hidden behind, okay, I have to bomb the floor here. And there's no indication otherwise. Right. So th- that's that's kind of a thing that I feel like was a little on the unfair side. But that's it, that was the times, like you said, there was strategy guides. And what you were supposed to do is try to figure it out. And I someone told me that, yeah, at a certain point, you're just rolling and dropping bombs everywhere because that's what you do. Yeah, you know what? If, if I had any grievance about playing it myself, it would be that I don't love the way that Samus feels in moving. And, and so, like, if she gets running, she is booking it. And she's going fast. And, like, she, she'd put Usain Bolt and give him a run for his money, <laughs> you know, trying to get from point A to point B, that 50-mile or 50-foot uh, jaunt. But, like, the the jumping and midair moving's kind of weirdly weighty and awkward, Mm-hmm. And so maneuvering around stuff is uncomfortable and not smooth like you might hope it would be. And then the shooting itself is kind of tough, too, because you only have certain angles that you can kind of shoot at. And all the enemies have these sort of awkward moving patterns. And yeah, that's sort of nitpicking because a lot of games at this day and age use that type of system. And uh, a lot of indies that call back to these kind of games as homages use the same kind of uh, structure but uh it is a little bit of a gripe to me here's a here's a hint uh right bumper angles up right a left bumper angles downward oh i knew that i was waiting for you to uh drop a dick good there i was a little surprised you took up you passed that opportunity nah he already cracked the bet on this one so no because i completely (laughs) agree the do you know the the somersault that she does yeah you know how that doesn't happen all the time yep there's an there's an ability that is based off of that somersault and when it happens, and it's kind of a pain. Also, a double jump that is very inconsistent, as well as a wall jump that yeah. doesn't d- doesn't work well. 
I mean, there are people who've told me they're like, yeah, I mastered that, but I literally was a kid and I sat there for like an hour just practicing. Well, well, sure. This all speaks back to like the different bottlenecks of adulthood versus <laughs> versus yeah. childhood, right? Like yeah. my, you know, we were a Sega family growing up. My cousin had a Super Nintendo. This was one of the games that they had, and invariably each time we were there, we'd play through Turtles in Time, and then. I would get bored and sit there and switch this in, play for 20 minutes, get bored and switch off it because it didn't feel good to me and it wasn't the kind of thing where I'd have it at home and had nothing else to do but to try to bang my head against the wall and beat it. Yeah. So it, it was it, my experience with Super Metroid. I'm happy I did it. And there were some things that were very aha moments, but also kind of there's one bit where you're in a glass tube and I've been going back and forth. And I didn't realize there's a whole section of the map outside the glass tube where if I just laid a bomb, the glass would shatter. But that doesn't seem like something that should be possible. Right. So the game does break convention in that way. So there was a lot of like, aha, oh my God. But also at the same time, I was sitting there going, I wasted so much time not doing this. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I don't feel bad for you. That's fine. That's <laughs> You fine. shouldn't. I'm, it's done. It's done. Thank God, and I'm so happy for you. This year, Super Metroid's been done, and Dragon Quest 1 will be done. Next is either Halo 1 or Half-Life 1. Year of the retro games. Yeah. Step Half-Life 1, go to Half-Life 2. But I need to know what happened in 1. Getty? There's got to be a YouTube You really don't need to know what happened in 1. I'll look into it. 2, just play 2. Getty, in your ever quest of con- just rampaging through video games with reckless abandon and at the expense of hanging out with your friends, you have beaten <laughs> Zone of the Enders, second runner Mars. I have. I'm not, I'm not letting that go, Getty. I, I'm interested in this one. I played the first Zone of the Enders when I was a teenager. As did I. I- and I'm pretty sure the only reason I played it is because it came... I think it came with a demo disc of one of the Metal Gear Solid games. That one. sounds right Metal to me. Metal Gear Solid 1. 2. I think it was for 2. 2. 2? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a PlayStation 2 game. Okay. So, makes sense. what do you want to know about this game? I feel... How many animes is it? <laughs> the answer to your question is yes. I, what I recall about... Let's start with this. What yeah. I recall about Zone of the Ender 1 is that... It's it's a very anime story, uh, kid piloting a mech, uh, and it was more of a sort of zippy movement. So like a lot of strafing and flying around, uh, shooting other mechs and robots and stuff. But it's not like a mech warrior kind of thing where it feels like weighed down and going for the simulation vibe it's more going for like the virtua on or the kind of gundam wing kind of vibe where they're really mobile yeah so that's what you got uh alex what you need to know is it's a third person mech guided game so you're you're able to move in all areas of the map you can move up you can move down side to side um and the mech that you're using is very fast, so all the movements happen in a very fluid way. Question. Yep. How many animes is it? It's. I told you, yes. That's the answer to your question. 
It is anime. <laughs> it is the definition of anime. So when they when when someone dies, do they go? Ah! I did not die in my playthrough. Damn it! Yeah. What was there any anime screaming? There was plenty of anime screaming. I. Ooh. You know what? I can't say I didn't die because spoilers. As part of the plot, your character dies at the beginning. So, Joel, <laughs> nice. you you also played the original, so you know the original kid who is piloting. Uh, let's see if I can butcher this name. Sure. Uh, what is the name of the the mech? Juhati. Mm-hmm. Juhati. It's been so long. Yeah, I and I just played you. it too, and I definitely wrote it down. Hold on, let's see if I can find it. But the the mech is abandoned, and this older guy finds it mm-hmm. and it turns out that he used to work for one of the bigger like terrible organizations uh that you experience in the first game and story 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 plot 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 and turns out plot, that plot, plot. yeah turns out since this is such an old game the the guy actually ran the materials needed to build the mech to uh, the base where it happened and he lost like his whole squad and that's like he left this corporation, this, like, group of people. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but the anime cutscenes are... The acting is terrible. Cool. Yep. But the combat is where it's at. Like, at yep. its at its heart and soul, this game is, like, super Gundam-y, moving your mech around, all the multi-dimensional combat that you can do, and uh, a lot of evading. And as you progress... You get so many good abilities, and you have to use them to progress the story. So there's one portion, and this is probably my favorite part, where you have to fly up to these different like battle cruisers, attack all of the cannons and guns on the battle cruisers, and defend yourself against the fleet of other mechs that are attacking you, so that mm. you can land on the back of the battle cruiser and go full like gun cannon mode. So it transforms, the mech transforms into this crazy, just cannon, and shoots a giant laser. Like a transformer. Yeah. All right, let's see. I was looking at some screenshots here. Juhadi? Yeah, we'll never know. uh, Do you still have this? I do, yes. Can I borrow it? You're breaking my heart. Yeah, I guess you can borrow it. It's not a a long game. As long as you don't break his desk. Yeah, won't break his disc. I just want to play. It looks good. And again, I looked it up, and it's yeah, it's not a long game. No, it's really to, quick. Yeah, it it appeals in a lot of ways. The way the the artwork and the the gameplay, and I am a sucker for some mechs, despite me having real problems with a lot of mech anime. Nah, this was it was a lot of fun. I really have great reminiscent memories of playing the first one, and how much fun it was to zip around the map. Uh, the boss fights could be a little challenging if you don't memorize the patterns very well, but it's it's great. I, but that's speaking from a point of I used to play, so this just felt really good to come back to the series. Obviously, like I said, the anime is so bad. Oh, man. If you can get past that, then you can enjoy it. But I like bad anime. But sadly, the collection is only uh, for PS3, so mm-hmm. they only have the right. second one for PS4. Yeah, I think this one also comes with VR, but I don't gots the VR. Yeah, it it does come with VR. Weird. But I, but I wonder what that's like in VR. Uh, what was that? Nauseating, I bet. 
what was that battle? <laughs> was it BattleTech where you, you'd pay like thirty bucks and you'd actually get in the big thing? I have no idea. I'm what looking forward thing? to giant. Oh, oh, you're robots. talking about the Xbox thing? No, I'm um, talking about back in the day when we were kids. I think I was oh, like eight, like, and you'd pay you'd like thirty bucks. You go to like a mall and it have yeah. like a big ridge for the VR equipment, and yeah, I know what you're talking about now. But it wasn't like a headset. It was actually like a rig you sit in, and the screen would be in front of you. Weird. I think it was called. I think it was BattleTech. That sounds yeah. like a BattleTech game, but I don't know if that's what it was. Okay, anybody, if you are listening. Please email us at superggradio at gmail.com. Please. Also, Literally anyone. We're so no, I just, lonely. No. <laughs> I just want to know what this was. I believe it was Battletech, but I have to look into it. So, Getty, are you, so you like that you did this one? If they made a uh, release, a re-release of the first one, would you play it as well? I'm sure that they won't, but if the PlayStation 5 is backwards compatible, I'm pretty sure I have the original Zoe disc. So Awesome. Now, how far, here's a question, how far do you think we are from having full, actual mech suits? I hope soon. Soon? Yeah. Joel, us what do you or, think? Us or the military? <laughs> no, the military. <laughs> it's bad all around. <laughs> right. Uh, the military, uh, nets 50 years. I would say, us, I hope it's not never. us, because my neighbor can't park in a spot for to save her life, so I can't imagine her in a mech. Well, well yeah, it's the same reason why we never got flying cars. Guys, it's not that the guys, technology is there. Space Force. Space Force. I'm taking us out of here. I feel my bone spurs (laughs) after him. All right, let's take a break. back back with a fan favorite segment well we don't have fans uh, host favorite segment indie or outie where we play a game where someone has to guess whether it's an indie game or something else but this week we're going to switch it up just slightly because it's a valentine's day special getty take it away i prepared a terrible game for you guys yep so perfect i i already preface this by saying I hope you guys have never played any of these games, and the questions are super difficult, but it's not going to be guessing which indie games are, or what's an indie game and what's like a terrible romance movie. It's actually romance-based video game questions. So, contestants, who is ready? I am. I'm never going to be prepared. Let's just go. Perfect. All right. First question. In the game Mass Effect 3. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Let's go. Damn it. True or false, Jack, who is one of the female characters, is a romanceable option. Jack, a female character. Jack, a female character, is a romanceable option. True or false? True. I know that's true. It is true, but... But only with the Mass Effect 2 import. Oh, really? Yes. So both both characters get a point. Tight. All right. Next question. True or false? This is Dragon Age Origins. Oh, crap. Yeah. You're pulling from all these games I've never played. (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) One of the endings allows your character to survive 
if you allow your romantic interest to get pregnant and put the main villain's soul inside of that baby. True or false? True? My vote is false. This is true. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You can actually get... I believe her name is Morgan. Sounds like a bad ending. Uh, No, no, it's a, a Morgan pregnant, and she can trap the, like, blight spirit's soul into the baby so that your character can survive. Otherwise, your character dies at the end of the game. So it's basically the end of Shadow of the Colossus, then. Fantastic. Yeah, but with a better ending. (laughs) I I was like, that's too ridiculous to not be true. Right? (laughs) Somebody was like, yeah. (laughs) Alright, question the third. Which Bioware game introduces same-sex relationships? And it's multiple choice. So, Mass Effect, the original game, Dragon Age 2, or Jade Empire? Hmm. I can repeat the question if you would like. Is this the first game? Which Bioware game introduced same-sex relationships? Got it. Okay, let's go. Joel? So it's between Mass Effect 1, Jade Empire, and Dragon Age 2? Yes. I'm going to go with Jade Empire. I will go with Mass Effect 1. Joel is correct. It is Jade Empire. (laughs) Now strategy's coming into play. Say whatever Joel says. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. This question... Whoever can answer it first gets a point. However, if you interrupt me in the middle of it, the other person gets an opportunity to answer. Ready? Yeah. All right. What game was re-released last year, adding another love interest with the same... Joel gets the point. (laughs) I thought he said if you interrupt, he doesn't get to do it. He doesn't get me to read the rest of the question. Oh, Damn it. <laughs> I thought it was wait until the end of the question. No, if you interrupt me, I won't read the rest of the question. Man, this is great. He was, he was playing by... Uh, is it Jeopardy? Jeopardy yeah, Jeopardy yeah. rules. Yeah. Man, I should have just said that. like the Iowa caucus. <laughs> very, very white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Next question. This is Fire Emblem related, so Alex is not going <laughs> to get... disadvantage. <laughs> all right. How many romance options are available in three houses for a male character? The person who gets closest wins. And this takes into account both male to female and male to male. So if if you are a male character in Fire Emblem Three Houses, how many romance options are available? We're talking limited to the one house you chose? If you are talking about a male character so as you know in the game you can romance anybody that you're able to recruit so yes all okay, right fair yeah oh geez i'm gonna go with shoot let's go with 40 joel says 40 alex closest wins 20 alex gets the point Hmm. 17. Okay. 17. 
I was just thinking about, like, how many damn students are there? Exactly. And, it feels like there's but, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but also, like, I know that Three Houses has, has kind of hang-ups with uh, uh, male-to-male relationships, if I recall right. And also, not all female characters are relationships. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. So, 17 yeah. is the correct if you're a male character. Yeah. Okay. All right. This one, I think both of you should be at a fair advantage um persona 5 again how many romance options are available in the current version closest wins the point let's see let's let's count here um one, two, three <laughs> alex is quiet i'm counting <laughs> um i go with seven all right, Joel at seven. Alex? Uh, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'm writing this down in my head. Right, he uh, needs no. to count on his abacus. Are you literally writing down all the all names? Right. He's doodling um, it right now. No, I'm not. All right, what's an, uh, hold on. Uh, curly you're, hair. You're, right. you're banging it. Sorry. There's, there's the curly hair. Uh, I chose Makoto. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ten. Joel, you said seven? Yes. The answer's eight. Damn it. <laughs> so Joel just squeaks it out. If you had said nine, Alex, it would have been a wash. <laughs> I counted three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I counted all. I got them all. <laughs> <laughs> There's the news reporter, the doctor, the fortune teller, the teacher, Anne, Futaba, the girl with the curly hair, and Makoto. So why'd you say ten? Uh, because I was thinking about the girl that you play. The dame with. Yeah, the game Wait with, on. and I and I was accounting Shoji? for any, uh, yeah, Shoji, and then I was trying to think if there was anybody else I missed. No, so I just threw in another number. All right. Okay. Next special Valentine's Day question. This is for the Witcher series. Great, 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 great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on the even playing field for this one for sure. Yep. In which game does? Oh, hold on. Let me rephrase that. In what game can you first romance Yennefer? Now, there's three Witcher games. So, in which one can you first romance her? Gwent. (laughs) Uh, That's... uh, Is that your answer? (laughs) (laughs) You said it. Not that it doesn't have to be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Serious answer? Let's go with uh, two. I was going to stick by two. Oh, gentlemen, it's number three. <laughs> well, I know she's in three and romanceable. I didn't know if she was. She's in that's, other ones. That's the first one where you can. Okay. My knowledge of the Witcher series is that toss a coin to your Witcher song <laughs> from the from the show I haven't watched. I played one and two quite a few years ago. I need to play three sometimes. It, it's It's one of those games that's always touted as such a really important game. All right, we're we're working on getting towards the end here. <clears throat> okay. Once again, Jeopardy rules apply. So if you stop me mid-question, you have to answer. Okay. All right, ready? Yep. Of the many dating sims, this game has you living with your daughter and getting to know other single men. Dream Daddy. Alex gets the point. <laughs> Data Dad Simulator. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's, that's, that was good. <laughs> that was a jimmy. <laughs> For him. <laughs> no, because if you would watch... Could watched, have been a gimme for anybody. Yeah. 
If you had played the game, then you would know. I didn't even play the game. Beth played the game. Continue. That's playing by proxy. Come on. <laughs> I said in the chat and If you, you know fools. the game. All right. Again, Jeopardy rules apply. So, this series of games is an FPS where an angel makes you the most attractive boy at school. Galgun. <laughs> Alex points <gets> point. <laughs> and you have to fight off hordes of thirsty women. <laughs> All right, comeback kid. Let's let's, let's keep let's this go. rolling. <laughs> All right. The next question. Which Bioware game, which original Bioware game features, I guess, no, scratch, scratch, scratch. All right. Which first Bioware game, which was the first Bioware game, featuring affection items that you can gift your party members? So I will give you the options to choose Knights of the Old Republic, Dragon Age, Mass Effect. Hmm. I'm going to go with Dragon Age. I'm going with Knights of the Old Republic. Dragon Age. Dang it. Yes. I, I was, yeah, I was torn. Like, Knights of the Old Republic is a pretty old game by now. But I was like, didn't have affection-based items. Yeah, I was like, I know they've got some... Real, do they even have, like, technically a relationship scale? Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's, you can't see it, though. In Dragon Age, they added the relationship scale. Okay. All right. Anybody should be able to get this one. But I don't know what you guys are going to answer, so I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Let's go. In the series Final Fantasy. Yep. Which female character is the love interest in multiple games? I guess first person to answer gets it? Uh, Doesn't have to be main numbered games. Hmm. Well. Well. Boy, uh, Eris. Yuna. I am giving Joel the point. Dang it. And I would have accepted Aerith as well. I was torn between. (laughs) I was wondering if you were going to dock me. Alex, you have to help me because I never finished this 10-2, but I don't think that she was the main love interest because she became the main character. Yeah, I was also that. She was the main character and then she became the main character. I was more thinking about the fact of like how many games were there, and I thought that she was like in other games. Just those two, but Zack in Crisis Core and Cloud in Seven, so that's oh, what right. I was going based on. And, and I also I, I didn't know if Eris was featured in anything else where she could be considered a love interest too, but given how prevalent Final Fantasy VII is out of all the ones in the series, I, I kind of felt like that could have been a dirty trick question if that wasn't the right answer. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's actually I thought about it and I was like, this is, this seems fair. All right. There are two questions left. OK. All right. For anybody who can answer it first, mm-hmm. who is considered to be Sonic the Hedgehog's girlfriend? Oh, no. <laughs> it's can, that's that's not, that's can, not right. No. Can you give me her last name? Oh, these stupid names are always alliterative. Um. Alex, I did some research on this one, and it's is it's prevalent that it's Amy. But if Joel can it, give me the last it, name, it's up for debate. It's up for debate. Oh God, how much of the Sonic lore do you know? Quite a bit. All Don't right. start with me. And what's your it's answer, Alex? It's Amy Rose. 
Oh yeah. Well, uh, he got the last name, so Alex gets yeah. the point. Yeah, but th- there is a there's some conversations to be had. It's not always Amy. Sometimes it's another girl. I can't remember her name. I'm trying to figure out. You're talking about the cartoon, though. Mm. Mm. I'm thinking about the comics. Looked in, in the in the cartoon, there was always like a rabbit with like half of a robot body, and she was like one of the coolest characters. Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's my extent of the Sonic lore. <laughs> I know. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was somebody else in the comics, but I'm, I could be wrong. Okay, uh, next. All right, this question, anybody can get a point. Anybody can answer, who is your best girl? Makoto. <laughs> All right. I don't I don't understand the question. There we go. Yeah, he doesn't get that <laughs> Yeah, point, he doesn't right? get it, but Alex, you, you got a win. point. <laughs> you still win. <laughs> that's, that's lingo for the girl that is the, like, the most prevalent, the one that you would choose in any in a, video game. So In any video game. Oh, okay. All right. That's best your girl. best girl. Who's your best girl? My best. Uh, okay, and, and I was thinking of uh, Sally Acorn. Princess Sally, Sally Acorn. Acorn. Okay, I've heard of that name at least. I can't picture the character though. Yep. That's the girl from the the, the, the serious cartoon where they're like fighting Robotnik in a revolution. Yeah. That one rabbit girl. Yeah. That, the rabbit girl's not her, but her friend. Oh, okay. Well, okay, good work, Eddie. That was good. Yeah, that was quality. Now, maybe and you guys won, will so play some of those games that I mentioned. Oh, well, I'm always down to play some Sonic. And oh, right. Gun. <laughs> right, write them down and share them on uh, Discord, and I'll play them about as readily as I will all those beta tests that Alex sends us. Oh, next video game punishment? You got it, Joel. Dude, make him play Galgun. Oh, my God, make him play Galgun. I, I, okay. I think it's Daddy's turn to choose. It's too game. much of a price tag to put on a game. I'm not going to make you guys spend, like, $50 for <laughs> for an H I game. Might, I might buy you Galgun. Okay. <laughs> so next up, we have an email, but I'm going to call this part of the Video Game Confessional series. And if you have a conf- video game confession, you can email us, uh, email us at superggradio at gmail.com. Like my brother Philip did, Deacon DeWitt, go ahead and preside. All right. Phil writes, Forgive me, Father, for I too am addicted to Rageahol. When a game pisses me off, I start to sound like a sailor trying to do Eddie Murphy stand-up. Once I am set off, it is all MF and F this and WTF. There are some games I won't let my kids watch me play because the game sessions will usually be full of filth, flarn, filth. Oh, my child. Understand that we're not all not perfect. Everybody is prone to mistakes. It's a part of the human experience. But also understand that this is... You can do better. And so uh, I do forgive you for your video game sins. But it is time to offer some penance. And for penance, what I recommend is that for the next week, whenever you sit down with your children to play a video game, no longer are they the ones that have to use the Mad Cat's controller. They get the first party controller and their first player, and you get the third party controller. The punishment fits the crime. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Why don't we say also do the do a couple Awada prayers? Okay, so now let's move on to one last thing. One last thing is we give you one last sentence, one last statement, send you off into the weekday and us into the weekend. For me, I'm still platinum in control, but uh, let me tell you, there was a couple beta tests that I've played recently that had me with a flail that had four miniguns on it. And I like to think <laughs> about that quite a bit. So so what beta was that? Forge, Forge and fight. fight. 
Okay. Fight. We will talk uh, about that. Oh my god. Yes, please. I'll, I'll need I'll need to pull that up. Next week. Yep. Getty, you're up. I finished Wolfenstein and I'm about to start number two and I don't know how it's going to beat going to the moon. I know how it does, and boy does it. Joel? Outside of that forge and fight, Alex, you need to stop sending me beta requests and stuff. <laughs> I, I I need to sit down and, and put some time into Kentucky Route Zero. <laughs> I got all hyped up for it and bought it, and then I haven't touched it for the past week. <laughs> Plus, it's all you're getting all these emails. Hey, here's a code for this. Here's a code for that. Yep, and Discord notifications. Oh my gosh! Good. Hey, good. here's the smorgasbord of unfinished games I want you to play. <laughs> good, good, good. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at SuperGGRadio and Twitch.tv slash SuperGGRadio, where this upcoming week, which, again, you'll be able to listen to this episode while I'm probably doing it, going to be doing some Beta Test Mondays. Also, maybe Joel will do 2D Tuesdays with Kentucky Route Zero. Maybe. We'll see. Kevin, Metal Gear Hartwig, has started his descent into MGS1 and TMDS4. And he liked it a lot better. He seemed to be wanting to get into it in a way that I've wanted him to get into the first three. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the mobile app. What? I'm going to retake it. Where did you see app in that? I don't know. <laughs> if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com write a review on iTunes with our mobile suit mech of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. GG. GG Getty. Good game. Good night, everybody.